Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our gospel reading from Mark chapter 10 with an emphasis on these words. They were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus, when he saw it, was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, amen. Much has been made about the passage from Mark 10 in today's lectionary, as well as its parallels from the other synoptic gospels. The quintessential Sunday school reading, Jesus' rebuke of his disciples and his invitation to the little children to come to him underscores not only the humility of the Messiah, but also the importance which Almighty God places on the most meager and helpless among us. It is also a paramount text to our understanding of the fourth pillar of our ministry at faith, that pillar being evangelism. Talk to anyone outside of the church about why they refuse to set foot in its doors, and they will likely include at least some variation of, well, we didn't feel welcome, or I didn't think the message was really for me and for my family, or most damningly, there was nothing to engage our kids along with the adults. And friends, I tell you, in seven years of ministry in this place, I have witnessed time and again how those who fall out of regular worship, they often do so because they are following their children out of the church. Consequently, what I say to you this morning, I say with the utmost concern and care as your pastor, that if this congregation, if this synod at large, is to have any future at all, we must center our efforts in evangelism squarely upon children. Now, for the last century, the Christian church in the West has operated under the assumption that if you reach out to the grown-ups, that if you reach the parents and the grandparents, then you will necessarily, automatically even, get the children to follow as well. This, I tell you, cannot be taken for granted today. Though they do not lead their households, it is the children who oftentimes determine its schedule and its priorities. Parents who earnestly desire for their children to be well-rounded individuals, who want to be actively involved in their kids' lives, these parents will positively bend over backwards to accommodate practices, scrimmages, teams, recitals, interests, hobbies, and extracurriculars of all kinds. While this is not a bad thing, these little things can quickly add up and leave no room for worship, education, and fellowship, which are our first three pillars, mind you, on Sunday mornings. In order to have effective outreach take place in the Christian church, we need to take an honest look at those areas in which outreach 
is most needed. This brings us back to our text for this morning. There are a plethora of reasons that Jesus places such value on little children, in particular those who come seeking him. First, they are not mature in their faith, and so they must be formed. Think back a moment to Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Children, you see, imitate the behavior which they see modeled for them. And so they are not accountable for their actions in the same way that adults are. When we, as adults, place stumbling blocks in their way, when we hinder them or ignore them, as the disciples did, we are consciously or unconsciously modeling for them that the church does not care for them. And so these little children learn not to care for the church. And then... When they are adults, they do not receive Christ crucified. Secondly, children model for adults what genuine faith in God the Father looks like by virtue of their neediness. Because children need care and need formation, and because children cannot provide for themselves, they are much more capable of trust. Trust in their parents, trust in their teachers, trust in the, in the authorities than we who are adults consider ourselves to be more self-sufficient. And so we do not always trust. The problem with this, though, is that we are never truly self-sufficient. But we are ever and always in need of care from our families, from our neighbors, and yes, from our God. As such, when we cease to show genuine care for our neighbor be that neighbor a child or an adult, those neighbors, they will seek out that care from other organizations, like we heard from Pastor Edwards last week, organizations that may not always have at their center Christ and Him crucified. And thirdly, children are emblematic of all those who have not yet heard the good news of salvation in Christ Jesus. Remember two weeks ago now, when we heard Jesus correct the foolish argument of his disciples regarding which among them was the greatest, what did he do, do you recall, to make his point to them? Well, hear the text again. He took a little child and put him in the midst of them. And taking the child in his arms, Jesus said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Note how it is the desire of the Lord that his church receives children, that is, the helpless, the humble, and the needy. Here that he likewise encourages them to come to him in childlike faith. For whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child, shall by no means enter it. This being the case, dear friends, allow me to propose for you a rather radical model for evangelism in the church. Do not hinder them. But pastor, I hear you say, I would never stop someone from coming to church. Nor for that matter would I ever dream of standing in the way of someone hearing the word. Certainly not. 
But consider those ways which you by your actions have stood in the way of those who would come to receive Christ's blessing either by what you have done or by what you have left undone. Another popular term for evangelism is witness. And so I ask you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ at faith, what has been your witness? Do you jump at the opportunity to give your time and talents to help lead Sunday school and youth fellowship? Or have you left that task for someone else? Did you offer encouragement and help to that young couple struggling to quiet their crying child? Or did you only turn and give them a stony glare? Did you take time at home for devotions with your own children? Or could you just not fit one more thing into your already crowded schedule? But wait, friends, we're not only talking about those children who are actually children, remember? So, did you console and comfort your lonely neighbor? Or were you worried that you wouldn't know what to say to them? Did you look for opportunities to invite your family and your friends to worship with you? Or were you hesitant to cross that line and speak about your religion? Did you minister to your community by making yourself active in service and charity? Or did you opt instead only to look out for number one? Remember, dear friends, that you yourselves have been in similar positions of need, and that seeing this need, it was Christ who first came to you with his blessing. Christ, in other words, evangelized to you by the efforts of his church. I now ask you, friends at faith, what has been your approach to evangelism? This outreach which Christ has shown so richly to you. Be honest with yourself this morning. Do you even have such an approach? Have you even given yourself time to think about it? Well, let's think about it this morning. I want you to open up your bulletins again to the sermon page. Let's revisit that target which is printed for you for evangelism at Faith Lutheran Church. It says that every member of faith will be equipped to confidently share the good news of Christ to their family, friends, and neighbors using the various vocations and social opportunities before them. Now this is well stated, but it highlights a harsh reality for us. For we are building evangel evangelism in this congregation from the ground up. We're establishing a team. We're trying to train our members we're identifying still those opportunities to share the good news in our homes and in our community. There is much work ahead of us, but thanks be to God that it is His Holy Spirit working in us and through us who accomplishes that work. We may now also give thanks that because of the Holy Spirit and His efforts through us, that we are not flying blind in this category, but rather that we have received his guidance through our small group study earlier this year to identify some worthy goals for evangelism at faith. First, identifying strong candidates to serve as leadership in the evangelism efforts of our congregation. 
Second, training our members so that they are better equipped to witness Christ in those situations which I just outlined for you and in many others. And then thirdly, strengthening our involvement and ministry to our preschool and child care program. And friends, I cannot tell you how pleased I was to see that third goal make the list. Nota bene. If you reach the children, you're going to reach the parents. For just as families might sometimes be led out of the church in order to try to accommodate their kids, so also will they endeavor all the more strongly to engage their faith when their children are shown to be a priority in the congregation. Our Lord has laid before us some truly unique and wonderful opportunities for evangelism, not the least of which are the families who gather here regularly each and every Sunday for worship, but not just them, also those families who only visit us occasionally, maybe once or twice a year, but not just them, even those families who we all know in our daily lives outside of the church who have not yet worshipped with us. These opportunities, in other words, aren't just out in the world, they're right here in our own backyard. God calls us to proclaim and practice his love with conviction and courage in our households and in our congregation, not just beyond, but right here. In order to do this, let's remember what Jesus said to his disciples in Mark 10. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. See how it is that your Lord desires those like children, those who are humble, who are weak, who are helpless. See how he desires that they would come to him, invited to receive his blessing by those of us here in the church whom he has given to serve. And friends, as you strive to serve, as you strive to put these words into action... I invite you also to take heart from the words of the Apostle Paul, who reminds us in Romans chapter 8 that all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with us, with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Yes, dear friends, you are children of God. And why? Well, because someone evangelized to you somewhere along the way. First, you received the good news of water and the word in your holy baptism, by which you were made God's very own child. Then, from there, your parents your teachers, your neighbors, whoever it was, they all evangelized to you. They all extended the Lord's call to you by their words and actions. They loved you. They taught you. They helped you grow in the faith by reaching out to you. Remember, dear children, how God has made you His very own through the efforts and outreach which take place in His church. And now, as God's own dear child, he invites you by his Holy Spirit to do the same 
for others. He invites you, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Therefore, dear Christians, as co-heirs, as children of the Heavenly Father, be convicted of this good news and reach out to others in the faith, firm in the knowledge that Christ will call them even as he has already called you. Remember the little children of this congregation. Engage them. Encourage them. Read to them. Pray for them and pray with them. Remember also those children in your daily vocations, those who have not yet heard. Befriend them. Talk to them. Love them and look for opportunities to serve them in the name of Jesus. Take any and every opportunity that we would not be a hindrance to those who need Christ but that by our words and our deeds they would see him clearly and that they would ever hear the good news of his eternal blessing for them. Let yours be that voice which proclaims his good news to them. Let them come. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God which far surpasses all understanding Guard and keep your hearts and minds in the same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.